0: are coming. 800-913-GOLD 800-913-GOLD Glenn Beck, The Blaze Radio Network One of the greatest articles I have read in I don't know how long explaining what exactly is happening to us and I think this writer is actually a fan of Donald Trump. I'm not sure Um, but he explains Donald Trump and what's happening I think personally he's giving him far too much um, credit for his intellectual prowess um, but I want you to hear this because this explains so much of what I have felt in my gut, but I haven't been able to articulate why. I, I, I didn't know why. I don't know exactly why. This guy does. And I'm going to give you the highlights of this. This is called Donald Trump and the American Crisis by John Marini. This is not a hatchet piece. In fact, in, in some ways, it's a love letter to Donald Trump but I want you to listen to this. Every conservative should read this article um, because this is absolutely true and what we're facing. Uh, Let's see. um, Bureaucratic rule has become so pervasive that it is no longer clear that the government is legitimized by the consent of the governed. Agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. That's what we're feeling. We don't have anything to do with it. And our vote doesn't matter because bureaucrats are doing everything. The the Congress has given their power away to the EPA and everybody else, and you have nothing to do with it. Rather, it is the consent of the various national, often international, social, economic, political, and cultural interest groups that, that determine the outcome of the elections. Absolutely true. You see... That it is these, these groups. How many times have we said, is, I just wish, was there, is there some sort of group that can represent us, just the American people? Not the dogs and cats of America and whatever it is. Everybody who has a political agenda, these groups, they're controlling things. Um, it is possible. Only when people understand themselves as citizens and when the regime recognizes them as citizens that things will change. But this requires distinguishing American citizens from all others and identifying them as one people. So you can't make any difference if you don't recognize that we're a unique place and so is Germany and so is Mexico and everything else. And you as a citizen are the one that is is supposed to make the decisions that then lead the government. But until we can even say that you're a citizen, you'll never be able to do that. Consequently, uh, Consequently, political campaigns have made a science of dividing the electorate into groups and reassembling them as voting blocks committed to specific policies and issues dominated by the democratic, the demographic categories themselves. This strategy requires a systematic mobilization of animosity to ensure participation by identifying and magnifying about what it is that needs to be opposed. Now, we are doing that on both sides. And this is why I've been saying... It's not enough to be against her. What are you for? Because this is playing into the new system. You're against something, and the system makes you against something, and so we continually go down this path. Understood this way, what is central to politics and the election is the elevation of the status of personal and group identity to something approaching a new kind of civil religion. Tell me that's not true. Black Lives Matter. Global warming. Constitutionalism. It is like our religion. And if you defy our religion, you're the devil himself. You're Satan. You have to be destroyed. You're evil. Um, Individual social behavior, listen to this, individual social behavior, once dependent on traditional morality and understood in terms of traditional virtues and vices, has become almost indefensible when judged in the light uh, of the authority established By what they're now teaching in our schools, and 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 he goes on to talk about this a little bit. He says, "What's happened to us is um, we have this this critical postmodern theory that is being that historians um, have and the experts in our universities have gone back and they have looked at our history, and everything is judged as bad." in our history everything is against one of these groups and so as our groups are becoming more and more important at the same time our history is being presented as only things that oppress groups there aren't there's no individual aspiration there's no individual that says man i'm going to change the world and look what they did no forget about the individual What that guy did, no matter what his aspiration was, ended up hurting this group or that group. It ended up in slavery, oppression, uh, uh, global warming, smog, uh, globalism, whatever it is. There is no individual that is being taught anymore. The moral standing established by group identity is now how everything is judged. Character is almost unrecognizable and no longer serves as the means by which people can determine the qualifications for public office of those they don't know personally. As a result, it's difficult to establish the kind of public trust that once made it possible to connect public and private behavior or civil society and government when coupled with the politi- politi- politicalization of civil society and the institutions, the distinction between the public and the private or the personal and the political has almost disappeared. So because, because we no longer have anything that revolves around individual character, we can no longer judge. Because we don't understand principles, we don't understand... Um, uh, virtue and vice, you can no longer judge, and because we've no, we can no longer judge, because we 're now all about groups, the idea of the idea of having your thought philosophy have anything to do with the presidency doesn't work <laughs> In short. The public and private character of American policies uh, and politics has been placed in the hands of academic intellectuals. Postmodernist intellectuals have pronounced their historical judgment on America's past, finding it to be morally indefensible. Every great human achievement of the past, whether in philosophy, religion, literature, or the humanities, came to be understood as a kind of exploitation of the powerless, Rather than allowing the past to be viewed in terms of its aspirations or its accomplishments, it has been judged by its failures. The living part of the past is understood in terms of slavery, racism, and identity politics. No public defense of the past greatness can be allowed to live in the present. That's absolutely true. Sure is. Um, In such a time, an appeal to American citizenship is almost a revolutionary act because it requires making the distinction between citizens and all others. Since local politics and administration came to be centralized within the administrative state, elections have provided the people the only possibility of participation in public life. It wasn't long before the brightest and most ambitious college faculty and graduates became graduating to Washington, D.C., the new center of economic, social, and political decision-making. Um, in turn, the federal government and bureaucratic apparatus became dependent upon the intellectual elites to provide their expertise of what everything means. But do these people who participate in politics, uh, but what do you do with the people who only participate in politics only as citizens? In terms of elections, the old partisans of both parties, the party pro, who have devoted their lives to trying to understand politics in terms of mobilizing the people, were no longer needed once partisan appeals could be marketed just like any other commodity. Both political parties have benefited from the kind of predictability made possible by the incorporation of scientific professionalism in the organizing and shaping of campaigns and elections. In addition, both Parties have enforced political correctness um, as the ground of understanding civil society, public policy, law, and bureaucracy itself. Before the end of the 20th century, a new kind of iron law of politics happened. There are red states and there are blue states, and then there are a handful of purple or battleground states. Political conflict can be contained by focusing on the battleground states. Elections were understood in terms of division rather than unification. And it became almost impossible for any candidate to appeal to the electorate on behalf of a common good. That's not surprising because positivism uh, was rejected um, and uh, as was any understanding of meaning of the common good. Uh, the political parties... No longer establish a meaningful link between the people and the government. Party patronage has been replaced with bureaucratic patronage. And a professional elite has established itself as the vital center between the people and the government. It's all true, right? It's about to get really important. And it's already incredibly insightful. Yes, it is. I mean, mean, this guy is brilliant. I don't know who... It's deep, but it's... John Marini, he is really insightful. Brilliant. I do not like think tanks because we need some do-tanks. Yeah. And I avoid think tanks like the plague um, because I just don't... I see them churning out papers that are meaningless. Besides, think tanks avoid us as well. (laughs) Yes. Like the... This is is, is from Claremont, and uh, this is... This has to be understood if we're going to take our country uh, back. Okay, so listen to this. Um, You know, let me take let me take a quick break, because the next section. The next section talks about why constitutionalist conservatives, those who basically it says, basically, Glenn, everything you've done in the last 10 years worthless. Oh, good. And it explains why my gut has been saying for how long we got to stop using the word conservative. We have, to stop, we have to stop talking about guys in powdered wigs. We have to find a new way to present history. we got to stop talking about, hey, we need another Reagan. And why Donald Trump's slogan, make, make America great again, appeals to the older generation, but there are zero people who are millennials who are very, voting for very him. Very few. Very few. So we'll get into that here in a second. And again, this is this is this guy likes Donald Trump. I think likes Donald Trump, um, but he's explaining why he's doing so well and why we're not. If you believe in the Constitution. Glenn Beck, the Blaze Radio Network. are coming. 800 gold 800 gold